0: Those who are kind of starting, you know, soon, and so it's very different these days. Um, and so currently, um, I'm in a legal career. Um, I probably am on sort of my second-ish third career. Um, I also should count motherhood, wifedom, whatever you call it, as <laughs> a <laughs> oh <my laughs> career as well. Um, but you know, officially, uh, that's that's where it was. So when I uh, studied with Rosanna in business school, that was sort of a marketing career that I was in, and then I was called into law, I'll get into that a bit more. So I'm really not um, an expert. I'm not a vocational counselor. Um, I'm not a PhD in this or that or whatever, but I do have experience of being a lawyer, and that's somewhat relevant because sadly, you know, the legal profession is one where there is a really high, um, uh, high chance of, for instance, depression, believe it or not. So it's, Three point six percent higher chance of lawyers being depressed or having like um, some sort of you know addiction or some kind of problem. I don't want to start with a really bad note, but I'm just saying <laughs> that i am experienced with this sort of thing um, in the sense that uh, I'm now in my fourteenth year as a lawyer. Um, I've worked at national firms, international firms, world's largest firm, you know, led a group there, and now run my own firm for the last three years. So in terms of um, you know being kind of good, bad, ugly, <laughs> and beautiful, I've probably been there. Um, the good news, of course, is that uh, for our profession and for our career that God gives grace. You know, God gives so much grace for us and we really don't need to fear anything. And I remember having all these experiences, especially early on in the career, for instance, where I'm in the courtroom and I'm really not belonging there uh, because, you know, I was such a junior and I was kind of thrown into this area. And leading witnesses in a court case and that usually happens when you're quite more experienced than i was in my first year and i looked at the opposing counsel and he had these fancy robes on so really we do kind of wear the tabs and we wear the robes <laughs> here in canada we don't wear the wig or anything but um i looked at the fellow next to me he obviously was you know very well established he was senior, and was senior and he had these fancy robes on and they were quite different they had buttons on it and it just kind of you know customized differently and me and my innocence said oh wow you have nice robes like they're quite different and he looks at me and goes it's because I'm Queens Council and I was like oh that's nice you know, <laughs> that's, that's wonderful but I'm God's child so <laughs> don't fear you I mean I respect you and I know a lot went into that but uh, so that's kind of the approach that I've had and that's the approach that By God's grace has gotten me to where I am. And it really benefits my clients, right? Because my clients will ask for just amazing things. Like, oh, can you just settle it? Can I not go up on the stand or can you just <laughs> and I go, mm, I'm not sure. And so suddenly it happens, and they're like, wow, you know, just this week my client needed a, a document that comes from Immigration Canada, and I said, well, we submitted that two months ago according to the processing times, it it's 104 days to process. You probably won't have, you know, acknowledgement of this for your son's school application, so you probably don't have anything apart from your lawyer saying, we submitted the application, we tracked it, Here's a copy of it. And, but I thought, okay, I'm gonna pray for him. The next morning at seven in the morning, we got an email saying we received acknowledgement of your application. Gives your a file number, so on and so forth. And I sent it to him. I said, "I think somebody prayed for you." And you know, this is a, a client. He knows my um, he, he knows my faith. He knows like all, all this sort of thing. And so that was my big hint. Like I prayed for you, and I thought it would kind of continue a conversation. He sent back an email you know, said, Oh, it's magical! <laughs> it. But I figured next time, you know, I talk to him. We have, you know, have a conversation. I'll explain. Actually, it was God. <laughs> so um, I'll get into uh, just as a good lawyer would. Before we engage into a discussion, we talk about the terms. So I'm not going to read that for you. You can read it yourself. But those are the definitions of career. It comes from an old French provincial, uh, you know, term to mean the road. And there's a definition from the Merriam-Webster dictionary as well. Um, but then there's something different, which is vocational calling, and I understand that um, you had kind of pondered this and had some insight on it, and this is just kind of my thoughts. You um, heard about it last week, so I won't go into too much detail, but vocational calling is really what um, is the call of God to enter his service, and using our gifts, and using our experience and our desires and affirmation and needs um, our human needs to fulfill this vocational calling. And a really um, common definition or explanation of this comes from this book, Wishful Thinking, um, where they say that vocational calling is a place where God calls you, and this place is where your deepest gladness and your world's deepest hunger meet. So where that meets, that intersection would be your vocational calling. Um, And as you see in the next slide, there's so much more to vacational calling than just a paycheck. Uh, There's actually, you know, this method of uh, building one's career is more than just making money. It's more than just, you know, um, spending time, building your resume and whatnot. Those are under the philosophy of working to live, right? So I work to make a paycheck so that I can enjoy the things that I like, whatever it is, or I can provide for my family. The other um, philosophy, which is more like the definition of vocational calling, is living to work. And so we live so that we can work and we fulfill this calling that God has given us um, to kind of use our gifts and use our expression of who we are in God's image to further his kingdom you know, and to fulfill human needs. So that's what it is. And um, I looked into it a bit more, and vocation is uh, could be, work that's of course outside your wage earning activity so for instance a business person or you know a lawyer might be a youth counselor or a sunday school teacher but it could also be kind of coinciding with your career so that would be someone who maybe is in um, the medical field and they're a healer right so it kind of is the same thing Um, so i'll leave that to you to think about i'll go on to the next part which is how to discern your vocational calling um, and there's three aspects that, sorry, four, that I'd like to cover. First is providence, and you'll see a picture of an open door there. Um, and, and what it is, is uh, the, the philosophy I've been thinking that God doesn't just give us one road to follow, one path to follow, with our vacation, uh, not vacation, I'd like to go on vacation too, but a vocation, <laughs> not just one path to follow. And at the same time, it's not like a maze where there's only one way out. It's more like a series of doors. And so there's um, this story where um, in the book, The Will of God as a Way of Life, sort sister says, it's kind of like you're in a room, like this room, there are various doors that you can walk through and you can choose that one door, go through that door and then you kind of see a hallway and then you choose another door. And so you kind of get these choices of open doors. And that's what I've seen in my career. Um, That's what we also see in the Bible. Like, you know, Abraham Lot goes choose, right? Uh, Or um, in this example, uh, in Acts 16, Paul actually had a vision. So he had more of a prompting, like, you know, someone from Macedonia is telling him to come to Macedonia and help us. But we all have choices and sometimes these choices, we don't, you know, God really wants us to do something and he makes it really clear we don't do it. Like Jonah, <laughs> I tell my son, do you want to be in the belly of a big fish? <laughs> no. But, um, you know, Jonah. And and we sometimes might not make the best choice, but if it's something that um, I think God ultimately wants us to do, I. I think that as we follow him faithfully, he does bring us to it, you know, whether it be Jonah or Samson or somebody else. And there are just a lot of things where we can't um, know ahead of time. And so there's no paved highway, there's no maze. And I find that really reassuring because there are times where I'm looking back and going, did I make that right decision? But God gives us the choice to do that. And he blesses us as we seek him. So uh, another way to discern is also through giftedness. That one's fairly straightforward. It's just looking at, you know, what do you enjoy doing? What skills do you have? What are you good at? Um, and that allows us to be grace toward of uh, um, these gifts through our vocation. So an example of that is the parable in Matthew 25, where, um, you know, the master gives us three different servants um, bags of money, I want to say gold, but <laughs> and um, these talents, and they come back and they show the master what they've done, and the first fellow went dug in and, in the dirt and nothing happened to it, the second one that had two came back with two, the five came back with five, and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful with a small thing, so now I'm going to... Um, give you more because you've been a good steward of it. And so I find that really um, also reassuring that even though we have all these responsibilities, God is giving us gifts to deal with it, and he also will impart more responsibility on us. So, okay, on to the third one, is our passions. Uh, what do you enjoy? Clearly, you know, I don't think God um, is meant for us to do things that we don't care about. We, we all are created in God's image, and he's given us different passions and interest. And um, even things that make us angry is kind of a passion, right? Like things that really upset you or things that um, maybe God is leading us towards. And so um, in uh, Psalm 37, says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that, of course, is as we delight in him, he will also give us the desires of his heart. And fourthly, wisdom. Um, Wisdom is, you know, comes from the Bible clearly, but also from what other godly people say. And, um, and so I'm gonna share a bit about my story because uh, if you know me when I was younger, you would not have thought that I would be a lawyer. I never planned to be a lawyer. I actually um, am that kind of you know elementary high school kid that was never coordinated, like couldn't do anything sporty. Technically, no, like I got my fingers stuck in car doors, like things like that are not very, you know, <laughs> capable. Um, always bad with directions, still am. Like, the, you know, I was, really good though at reading like i was a bookworm i was kind of like that geek <laughs> and um and so that was it and so going through high school i guess to make a long story short i prayed to God for a direction and you've all been there where you're going like okay i need to apply to some school or you know your parents tell you you should apply to school <laughs> and uh, back then there were only only two big um options arts or science and i was like I kind of get even grades in them all. Like the only thing I really liked was actually art, and that really worried worried my Asian parents. And <laughs> and, um, and I wasn't actually even like musically talented. Like I am all sleep while playing piano, so they were like, "Oh gosh." And I I really prayed like God, please give me direction. And uh, I would like direction before I graduate because you know I I don't know what I'm doing, and I my Strategy was just to apply for the hardest things. So I like, applied at SFU for science or whatever it was, UBC science, and then you're like, okay, I got accepted. Now, now what, right? <laughs> um, so then, my parents prayed more specifically, and my parents were Christian, and they said, well, God, uh, would you please give her a sign, you know, at the graduation ceremony? So lo and behold, I got a surprise scholarship, and it was a law scholarship. So I happened to take one of five law classes at the high school, and. Um, for some reason, the teacher like submitted this in, and I got a scholarship, which was a very clear sign, right, from God. However, being young and innocent, um, and not really knowing any lawyers and thinking that lawyers were like either really evil sharks or yeah. <laughs> really super smart, you know, neither of which I was, I thought, okay. That means i'm going into arts. <laughs> and so, into arts and so this is what i mean like god is was telling me at a very young age but i <laughs> i didn't get it um and, and genuinely didn't get it so i went into arts and then it was like oh i need a job Then I, I guess i should go into commerce and, and then in commerce i need to apply for an option i'll just again go for the hardest option I'll go first finance it was at the time I got in and I think um, applying for uh, picking up courses I was missing a core course so I actually got incorrect advice from the uh, education center and they said if you're missing a core course then um, you can't be in the options so Like, great I really want to be in marketing actually which my parents were really worried about of course because they didn't you know understand so I got into marketing with God's blessing kind of thing and uh, you know being obedient to my parents Got into marketing, didn't know what it was about, so I thought i joined the association. Actually, people kept asking me to join the association. So I joined, um, one thing led to another. Somehow they groomed me to be like the president of the association, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wow. I learned a lot, That's and so I met fun. all these executives, and it was really cool, because you know, we were meeting these executives, because you're inviting them to come speak, and then they're offering me jobs, and I'm like, Even understand what you want me to do, but okay. And so, as we went through commerce, I ended up taking on these really neat jobs, like uh, you know, sales and marketing. At one point, I was supervising a field of um, telephone operators who were um, for a market research firm, and they were calling on behalf of. remember back then there was BC Tel, and um, and so they would call, and I would be the supervisor. You know, people like twice my age. So these funny things happened and it was just God opening doors and me going, okay, I will not fear because God put me here and I'm just going to learn it and do it. And so that's kind of how my career has progressed. Then I ended up after graduation taking a job that uh, actually I heard about through friends. (laughs) And uh, so I was looking for a job and uh, the funny thing is I got offered this really awesome job uh, with a major ad agency uh, and it was their nonprofit arm so i was really excited thinking oh i don't have to do advertising for a tobacco company or something that you know maybe not you know along the lines of what i would be comfortable with and it was a really small group and this fellow um, offered me a job that was kind of like half admin half marketing and i was like yes you know i'm in um but i played my cool and said okay let me think about it for a day and so that evening, he went to an event, he met my marketing professor who told him I was great or whatever. And um, this man who gave me a job, who actually ended up being a politician, like mayor of a city, all this sort of thing. I think he's a man of God, and I think God spoke to him because the next day he rescinded the offer
1: <laughs> that I was
0: about to take. And um, looking back, maybe that's you know meant to be. So then I was out looking for a job again met Fritz and Tracy we were chatting with them at a wedding. And I remember Tracy going, Fritz's company, you know, go look into it. So I ended up working there when they didn't really have a role. They just said, we'll take you on for a few months and you can do whatever you want here. We like you. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was, it was they had public funds. I said, you don't have a marketing strategy. I will do it for you. And they were like, okay. And so that's what happened. Um, however, God was working my heart. So the Now I'm telling you too many details, but the long story is God was working my heart and he was actually telling me to go to law school that it was time to go. And um, I didn't get it. I just struggled with him at night and literally woke up one day thinking, I need to do my LSAT. And uh, so this is where the wisdom comes in. I went to my mother and said, I think I'm supposed to do the LSAT because I haven't been able to sleep. And I think I'll be able to sleep if I take the LSAT. And she goes, okay, I'll pay for it. You know, it's just really encouraging, she knew. So then I take the side. took two weeks off, tried to explain to this company something totally unrelated that I need to do. Um, and uh, the day that I had to take it, I was really sick. I ended up throwing up on the way back home. And I remember it all being a bit of a blur, even the section that I normally do on, it probably failed. But back then you call in with the phone to check your, your score, and I called in and they told me my score and I laughed out loud because it was it was quite high. And I thought, oh no, I'm in trouble now. Like this is a sign from God, right? Now what I do, so I thought, I'll do the bare minimum. I'll just apply to one law school. So I applied to one law school, which I got in. Then I thought, oh no, I <laughs> really like this working career. And I don't think I'm gonna be a lawyer. So I have Okay, hey, God is testing me, right? <laughs> so I will just, you know, accept. But I thought, no, no, I, I need more confirmation. So I would go to the law school, and if anything would happen, and God would speak, you know, deep in my heart, that this is where you should be. Anyways, the last confirmation I had was walking downtown, had this envelope. So we used to set by paper and uh, write a letter to the set. And I thought, God, just show me one more sign. And there was, there were these. Um, big post billboards back then from Workopolis, and it would say stuff like chef wanted by noon, right? And this one said oh, lawyer wanted, really. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's really weird now, right? I gotta go. So um, I stepped in and I went, and there's a whole long story afterwards. I have to tell you the. The main thing I wanted to talk about was contentment and consecration in your career. It's really hard to do that in any career, especially as a lawyer, but especially as a Christian lawyer, especially when you're going into this where people were asking me in the beginning of law school, like, are you really a Christian? Do you really believe in miracles? And I stood there like, I do, you know, I'm going to have no friends, this is pretty bad. But um, it turned out okay. And again, God blesses us in our career. He ended up putting me in a leadership position at the school. I'm now vice president of the UBC Law Alumni. This is all like people inviting me, and I don't just I, I I don't know how that happens, and I don't deserve it. It's not something that I should be in. However, it's God's way, really, of personally telling me this is where you should be for now. So, go um, back to that. How do you know that you, you kind of have discern uh, correctly? I think first your work should be successful, um, and this is of course assuming that you're working hard, right? So um, it's it, and so the verse I have there is from Proverbs 16, you know, three to four, commit your, whatever you do, including your work, to the Lord, um, and your plans will succeed. So, you know, I have a lot of examples of how that happened in my life, and it was just me working hard. It was God, you know, blessing me with opportunities, whether it was in the marketing career or this career, but I worked so hard for it. And I always say, like, I'm not the smartest, but I'm probably the hardest worker, <laughs> so that's good. Um, second one is your work should be satisfying. And this is where we will talk about contentment. You should be content in your work. That's how you know that it's the right vocation for you. So um, Ecclesiastes 2, 24 to 25 says, A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? So that's what it is. Um, number three is your work should be satisfied should be consecrated to God and so I love this verse I literally worked off this verse for like many many years of my life um, and there's always different themes and models in our life that God gives to so this is a big one for me it's Colossians 3 23 and it's whatever you do work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for your masters I don't think I had too many bad bosses over my lifetime I've had some though like you know alcohol addiction, like some yelling at me for like, why did you still up here, not here? You know, things like that. They have always um, given me grace afterwards though. I've had people say, wow, you know, you handled that very well or whatever. It was because I was working for the Lord and not for men. The reason why I go above and beyond in kind of everything I try to do is because I'm doing it for the Lord and not for men. So it makes a big difference. Um, okay. so into the meat and potatoes, contentment. Um, You'll see in the definition, it means happiness and satisfaction, but the biblical definition is from Philippians 4, 11, which is um, being uh, content in every circumstance. And so as Paul says here, you know, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, um, that now at last you have received your concern for me indeed, you were concerned before, but, lacked opportunity, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, you know, contentment, I know this is a weird thing, but. If you had a day off, would you still be willing to do your work? Because <laughs> I actually do and would. Um, are you happy to go to work both days? Are you content, you know, with your job, regardless of how much you get paid? Like my first job, I got paid so little. I did ask for raises after the one because it kept making me do more. But uh, I was very content. Like, this is how I I know that I, I can be content in every circumstance. Um, and also, I think a big part of it was knowing that uh, if God brought me to this, he will bring me through it and he will give me joy as I'm doing it. So um, that's kind of the definition of contentment. And that's something that I think we should not lack in our careers in our vocation. We'll talk a little bit about some strategies to deal with it, that I deal with it. They're definitely not um, the be all or end all. So the next concept is consecration. And uh, we talked a bit about that already, but it's being holy as the Lord is holy. And there's a very interesting definition of that in the Mary Webster dictionary as well, which actually is kind of like, you know, very religious and biblical. It says, consecration is sanctification. So the state of growing in divine grace as a result of Christian commitment after baptism and conversion. Um, I find it very difficult to always be consecrated you know in everything I do especially in my work and people have different stumbling blocks uh, for me it's actually that I'm a workaholic you know and so it's hard to stay concentrated because I kind of like take on too much or do too much um, in addition to uh, you know like work I also serve on a local board uh, at the chamber I'm you know busy with two kids they're turning two and six next spring um, and so what I am was hoping to share today are some strategies to kind of stay uh, content, but also stay consecrated in your work, and in your vocation, in your career. Um, and so let's get into that. Uh, you'll see little pieces of paper on your chair. And uh, thanks to Jonathan for putting this out and, and cutting it up. But um, hopefully this is gonna be a nice reminder for you. I will definitely put this in different places and uh, remind myself But the acronym is PEAR, so as to pare down. It also could have been like the fruit (laughs) pear, but it didn't seem as applicable. (laughs) I asked a friend about it and she said, no, go with P-A-R-E. And I said, okay, that's the you know the proper progression of what concepts make sense, anyways. So to pare down, um, the first one is to pray. So P is for pray, and it's very cliche. I know we should always pray often. Um Yet at the same time, I guess the question would be, do you pray for the nitty-gritty of your work? Because it's very easy to be like, I pray for my work. I pray everything goes well. I pray I get through it. You know, I pray uh, that you know nothing bad happens, kind of thing, right? Um, but also, there are a lot of times where, um, as you heard earlier, I pray for my clients and their problems. Um, I pray for prioritizing. I'm always constantly prioritizing and looking at that to-do list and going you know what, I think, and because I'm a workaholic, I will do it all and not sleep, right? But um, I think that actually I need your direction here. Do all these five clients actually need all this today? (laughs) Because I would just be very satisfied as a workaholic, finishing it all today. But what I've learned is actually they, they might not like, and so I pray like, please give me direction on priorities. Do I reach out to the client now? I have to give them some really tough, you know, advice, are they ready for it right now? Like I will actually pray like, do I call them in the morning or afternoon, give us a good time, prepare their heart, um, pray for results, all sorts of details I actually pray for. Uh, we teach our kids to pray for wisdom and energy, mostly for daddy and mommy, because they have tons of energy, right? And wisdom, well, you know, <laughs> they're working on that. But I find I need so much wisdom and energy every day, so we pray for that. Um, of course we pray for our co-workers and clients. But yeah, I would encourage you, pray about the nitty-gritty because God will answer you. God will handle those things for you. Um, and so that goes into the second one, which is assess. Ooh, yeah, okay, assess, which is assess priorities and personalities. Um, again, assessing priorities, urgent might not be important. I think a lot of us um, just speaking practically will look at emails and be like, oh, I've got to answer all these emails. And some of these emails really urgent important and so God will give us wisdom to handle that to deal with it also um, I do like to assess personalities like I know myself and I kind of know okay what is my top energy time you know what's my pattern when it comes to deadlines Um, and also know your team like what are their expectations and their personalities what makes them happy what um, now as kind of a boss manager I know um, what style they like to receive their instructions you know I I know how um, how they like to work and and it applies to those of who have families you know what keeps your family happy too so know yourself and assess it constantly because the thing is people change you know clients change your bosses change you can't just kind of assess at the beginning and be like okay this is how I approach it so um, I hope that I hope that helps you stay more content and concentrated number three is restoring or resting your soul. Um, so, of course, taking the Sabbath, and um, there's green ashes and still waters that God said that he'll lead us to and beside, and for us, maybe it's just like a walk in the park and taking a bath, <laughs> or for someone else, the green pastures is going and playing golf or whatever, but we are to rest and restore our soul, and that is such a big blessing that God has given us, and um, sometimes we just don't come into his rest, and... Um, I was just saying to Rosanna earlier, that's a big problem I have because at our parent-teacher conference for a kindergartner, I was told, your kid doesn't rest very well. He's always eager, he's always on the go. My husband looks at me and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me, like telling a kindergartner, here's the plan, Saturday, we're gonna do this, this, this. this. And so, you know, he has lots of energy, but it doesn't mean that God also doesn't by Sunday or whatever your Sabbath day is and by the way for some people it starts like at 5 p.m. on Friday and goes until 5 p.m. Saturday you know sometimes I do that but um, it just means that God has given us rest and um, I don't know if that's a struggle in your life it certainly is in mine. and I hope that you remember what that means also for me rest means serving others and so whether it was back in law school days or now in my career, serving others is actually very restful for me to, to spend time um, you know, um, doing things that that really focuses on them, that um, isn't legal advice. It's, it's literally just you know, running around in the nursery with kids or speaking with youth or whatever it is. So you find that it will really uh, rejuvenate you. Uh, okay, number four is the last of the paradigm with the e for embrace um embracing every season the word embrace is very intentional um, rather than saying enjoy every season we might not actually enjoy every season um, but we need to embrace it and so what that means is just knowing uh whether it's something joyful or and if it's not you know that this too will pass and so the way that we see it is life is oftentimes like a seesaw, right? You kind of balance back and forth. And the key is just not to hit the ground really hard, you know, try to keep it going. And as we embrace every season, we also um, have a chance to accept, you know, what God has given us, uh, what challenges that we may be facing that might not be from God, but knowing that it's all possible with grace. So I've been through a lot of, you know, different seasons in my career and family. Um, We just had a couple of deaths Three days of each other during the summer, like that is a season that was time but we did embrace it as in, okay, this is a time of transition. You know, we celebrate our family, we celebrate this and that, but at the same time, um, we can't. I think sometimes it's easier to just ignore it or to avoid it, but we can't. We have to really embrace it, um, and that really helps us become more content and consecrated wholly towards God. So um, that's just a reminder. So P-A-R-E, <laughs> not the fruit. I hope this helps you to pray, assess, um, rest, or restore your soul and embrace the seeds. Okay, just a little bit more. Oh, how are we doing for that? Okay, yeah. So I'll just quickly go through short, some short-term strategies. You've probably seen all these in like, I don't know, executive, um, books and that sort of stuff. So maybe just hit it all up on the screen. You guys can read faster than I speak. But those are some of the things that you can do um, that I find really helpful uh, to, you know, say no, change to your to-do list. Make sure you stop and rejoice. I think I'll just um, say that uh, you need to reward yourself. Stop and rejoice, especially for people like me who kind of keep going. And it could be a little thing, like just a bubble tea. <laughs> but that's what it can be. Now, um, long-term strategies. Um, I don't know where you are in your career and whatnot, but these are some things that could um, be helpful to you practically. There's nine different strategies there of how um, you can deal with your career, your colleague. Um, Maybe for a lot of you, you're in that career building stage, so you're having a more traditional career. You're working full time. You're like, you know, just learning your trade and building your resume and whatnot. But you might get to a stage where I got to, where I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Um, but I'm doing a lot of it and I'm quite tired and I find it hard to be content and concentrated. So these are the kind of things that I looked at in terms of like options. Um, And and of course, the last one is if you really don't like it, really pray about it, maybe you should change your career. You are supposed to have up to five in your lifetime. (laughs) So don't be shy about that, God will guide you. Um, And lastly, I think um, it's just very important to know that God has come to give us a full life, an abundant life, He has come to prosper us. So the two main verses for that is what I'd like to end off with, which is Jeremiah 29, 11, of course, that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you hope and a future. And John 10, 10 the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And that includes in your vacation, that includes stealing and killing and destroying your joy, um, your ability to embrace the seasons in your life, come so that you may have life and life to the full. And some versions say it's an abundant life. And so that's what God has promised us. And we can go to him. Like my little child goes to me, mommy, you promised we would have McDonald's today. Or mommy, you said I could have the Lego. We don't approach God with that tone of (laughs) voice. But we do say, God, you promise, you know, you promised us abundant life. You promised us life to the full. You promised that you would prosper me and not harm me. You promised that if I take the light in you, you will give me the desires of my heart. You promise this. God, show me the way. And so it's uh, just here to kind of share my personal story. Uh, I'm by means not, not an expert at all, but I do uh, say with a lot of confidence that God has promised you this abundant life, including what you are doing in your vocation and in your career. So claim that promise and speak with God about it and He will guide you uh, as you seek it. Blessings to you all. Thanks very much.